Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guy Shiraki joining me to really follow up where we left off last time, talking about schools, school funding, and everything Pennsylvania. Hey, Guy. Good morning. Listening uh, with interest to your last interview with Charles, but also with interest to your conversation about food <laughs> and, and the Jersey Shore, yes. and, as you were doing because I've spent more of my, my entire life in Ocean City. But uh, so I have to do, you're doing plug, I have to do a shout out to Benny's, Benny's Rolls. If you want real bread, real oh. rolls, making your hoagie or whatever, it's worth, you have to yeah. stand in line and wait. Yes. Uh, but, it, but it's worth, so that's, that's my memory. That's my memory is standing, is getting that and coming back with our family and making hoagies. And uh, it's yeah. real bread, which is something since I left South Philly, I miss desperately. Yeah, it, and it's all, it's always the carbs, but they're so good. Yeah. And it's that smell, you know, you could, it probably right now, it, and it's a particular smell. If you smell a Benny, Benny's roll, if somebody open, you know, op, open up the, open up the package, you know that familiar good smell and it brings yeah. you right back to childhood, right? Yes. So you yes, can tell, yes. you can tell we're all, we're all hungry here, guy, because we're thinking about all this great <laughs> food, <laughs> whether it's Philadelphia or down the Jersey Shore. We have, I don't know. I think sometimes we we're, we need some comfort food when we think about all the things that bother us. And the latest, and even the Inquirer acknowledging, of, as they're calling it, a misstep for Governor Josh Shapiro. Take me through on your thoughts as far as not just schools, but the budget in, in general. As you look at the Pennsylvania budget, um, this is you know not a good look that Josh Shapiro had said our governor had had really campaigned on the fact that he's a bridge builder. And in this budget, he wants to reach across the aisle and make sure that there's bipartisan support. Give me your take as this went well overdue and a ton of fighting. So take me through it, Guy Shiraki. Yeah. So, I look, I, I see it, three big points. Three big points. One was um, an enormous missed opportunity. Uh, to achieve bipartisan governing, you know, you have a, a state house that, where the Democrats are clinging to a one-seat majority. Uh, where on any given day, if a member is sick or not there, you know, the balance of power is, is in flux. You have a state senate that's overwhelmingly Republican and a brand new Democratic governor. This is a situation that cries out for grown-ups <laughs> to find common ground. The Republicans won't get all that they want. The Democrats won't get all that they want. So the first thing that comes to mind is an enormous missed opportunity because there was a handshake agreement 
with with a good old fashioned compromise where where each party was going to get something, um, and and we were going to get a, a good budget that that uh, certainly was going to help children. Uh, the second, but the second news is it's it's yet to be finished. So there's still a chance, you know, there there's still a chance, be it remote, and that is, as some of your other guests have said. The budget, as we described it, is not finished. There is no bill on the governor's desk for him to support or veto or line item. All the other, the budget is sort of the, uh, I explain it this way, the budget's like the new toy that you get for your kids at Christmas, but then the instructions come along. And there's all the other bills that are the instructions of how to spend education money or how to spend transportation money. So the budget isn't really one bill, it's a whole bunch of bills. So my second takeaway is it's not yet over because at this point, the legislature has taken a recess. There's sort of a timeout, a cooling off period. So there's still time for them to try and rebuild trust, find a bipartisan solution. And the third is uh, this was an enormous missed opportunity for children. Um, the governor had put together a bill, not the bill I would have put together, but he put together a plan to rescue kids trapped in bad schools and did it in such a way that it really focused on the poorest kids in the worst schools and did it while at the same time increasing public education funding by the highest amount in the history of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So you would have thought he had put together a grand deal. He would have get, he's given extraordinarily increased funding that should make the teachers union happy. He wanted to rescue kids trapped in historically bad schools, which would make all the people who care about those kids and who believe in empowering parents happy. Uh, it was so far an enormous missed opportunity. So I hope they come back because they have to fix the budget. And I hope that they reconsider this. And, and just to share this last point, in the midst of the billions of dollars they're going to spend in this budget, as they do every year, this represents these lifeline scholarships to rescue these poor kids trapped in horrible schools. It represents 0.2% of the budget. All of this fallout, all of the headlines, all the stories in the Inquirer, all the news that you're covering, Dawn, all the stuff in the Wall Street Journal is about 0.2% of the budget. This is, this is a, an enormous political fight over a relatively small amount. So you hope that you hope the cooler heads will prevail, and you hope they'll come back and, and solve this budget standoff, and you hope that they'll do it by rescuing these kids and empowering these parents to make uh, choices to send their kids to a good, safe school. So even though you're hopeful, do you think there is, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm now I'm quoting, you know, the, the movies, but so you're saying there's a mm -hmm. chance. I mean, there's a chance. you're saying there's a chance, you know, to for really the governor Shapiro would first he promised it and then yeah. he reversed it apparently and said, no, he's going to line item veto the thing. And yeah. now we're saying the standoff would have to last for months. I, you know, so how does this affect uh, Pennsylvania government and what is the fallout that you see if Josh Shapiro ultimately does not deliver on that promise? So there's still a chance because of the reasons I've said, which is mm -hmm. they're, they're supposed to pass a budget by June 30th, which funds our schools, police, uh, state parks, uh, you know, state roads um, and all and all, you know, local government. They're supposed to do that by July 1st. They haven't done it. Um, 
they eventually have to. And they eventually have to pass all these other bills, which, you know, as I said, sort of the instructions on how to operate the new toy uh, that give the details on education funding, that give the details on uh, transportation funding, that give the details on, on criminal justice. In order to do that, there has to be compromise. And I think there are those uh, Senate Republicans and, frankly, some Philadelphia Democrats who would like them to revisit lifeline Mm -hmm. as part of the discussion because at some point the grown-ups whether they get on a zoom call or sit in a conference room or over dinner they're all going to have to talk to each other and figure out how to keep government operating and i think that's going to be an opportunity for lifeline supporters to say you know what it what would it take because again as i said remember this doesn't impact public education traditional public education at all in fact the largest increase in public education funding in the history of the Commonwealth is in this draft budget. So uh, they're going to eventually have to come to an agreement because they have to pay for they have to pay for schools, they have to pay for yeah, police officers, pay the bills. have to pay for maintenance. Right, got to pay the bills. So look, I, I don't want to. I you know, you know, is it is it likely? Yeah, it's likely. It's probably probably uh, less likely than the Phillies making the playoffs, but more likely than the Sixers winning a championship. You know, (laughs) it's possible. It's possible. We have to remain hopeful. And that's why I think you hear folks like like Charles Mitchell and others saying, we still need parents to engage and talk to their legislators because the legislators are home now. I mean, they're all either on vacation or they're, or they're back in their districts. They're living in our communities. They're going to the ACME. They're going to swim meets. They're, you know, they're going to church, and we need to talk to them mm-hmm. and encourage them to find compromise. Because I do believe this: while the state house has 102 Democrats and 101 Republicans, I believe there are a majority of votes that support Lifeline. Mm-hmm. I believe there are as many as eight Philadelphia Democrats who would vote for this um, if, if given the opportunity, and if the governor would say that he he has their back. Because those are the parents that live in the communities, that live in the real world, that know about the problems with these schools. And if given the chance, those those Democrats would vote for it. So there's a chance, and which is why we have to keep pressuring. We need parents, but we need people who care about those parents and care about those kids. And I need my neighbors in the suburbs. I need my neighbors in the suburbs who are blessed. You know, as, as many folks say, we already have school choice. You move to the different school district because it's a good school district. You move to the Central Bucks School District because you want to be there. We're talking about people that are where they are. They know their schools are in trouble. They don't have the resources to pick up and move to Lower Marion. Those people don't have a choice. And in Philadelphia, where they have the school district has capped the enrollment on charter schools and won't let new charter schools open. Mm-hmm. These parents really have no other choice. They can't move to Lower Marion. They don't have the resources. They can't send their kids to charter schools because there's a 30,000 child waiting list. So the only option is, is these scholarships. So not only is there a chance, but I think there's an imperative. And I think whether you live in Malvern or Quakertown or West Philly, we need to tell these legislators to come together, act like grownups, pass the budget, but help these parents to rescue their kids from situations that many of us would never allow our kids to go to those schools. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well put. 
So it's possible as well, because I'm, you know, I was looking at the dates. September 18th is when they're supposed to be back in session, mm-hmm. but it could potentially happen sometime in August if they if they are under pressure. Is that is that what you're reading into this? That it's possible yeah. that that we could see some movement in August. Sure, they can come back. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Joanna McClint from Philadelphia, has the authority to ask the House to come back. Uh, State Senator Kim Ward, who lives out in Westmoreland County, uh, about 30 minutes east of Pittsburgh. She's the Republican leader in the Senate. Um, she basically has said when, when folks are ready to have an honest discussion, because they already had a discussion in a handshake. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, you're ready to have an honest discussion, shake hands and mean it, we'll come back. If not, we'll see you in September. So I think I think there's a chance they'll come back. I hope they do because, Dawn, remember when you and I spoke before, the yeah. hope was that this bill would have been passed in June and that parents could have changed schools this September. I'm still hoping and praying that they find a way to come back together and agree in July or August so that parents are able to make choices this September. Why would we want to send children back? Why would we want to force children to go back to schools they don't want to be in that their parents don't want to be in? For the parents that want to be in those neighborhood schools, that like those schools or, or, or believe they're going to be improved, they should have the right to stay. But for the ones that should leave, that want to leave, we should let them leave. That's why I'm hoping they come back in August, because I still want parents to have a choice for this fall. Why make them stay one more year? Mm-hmm. Let, let me just share share this. You know, you talked about it and others did. Recently, we had the, the nation's report cards. The U.S. Department of Education works with an organization to rate schools yes. and to see the, the proficiency, the proficiency rates, right? All schools went down. Catholic schools, private yeah. schools did not. All schools went down. City schools went down further than the national average. Schools that serve uh, children of color, African-American, went down by the most. These children lost the most. There are schools in Philadelphia. There are schools in Philadelphia where the proficiency rate, in other words, how many children are working at grade level. There are schools in Philadelphia where the proficiency rate in math is zero is zero. There are a handful of where it's single digits. Why in God's name, uh, to quote Governor Shapiro, these are children of God. Why in God's name would you force anyone to go to a school where literally not one child is doing math at grade level? Why is a nation, why is it a city, why is it a community, why is it a state, why do we do that? Look, if a parent thinks that that school is going to eventually turn around, or if a parent thinks that their child can get by in that school, that's fine. But for a parent that says, help me get my child out of here, why would we stand in their way? So for Shapiro's part, he has he has stated that he didn't want to plunge the state into, you know, a painful, protracted budget impasse. And I saw, I did see, I was off last week, but that you had retweeted Randy Weingarten of the Teachers Union that she was grateful to the House Democrat, the Pennsylvania House Democrats, who had approved, you know, the $45.5 billion state spending plan, but were back, quote-unquote, she was saying, good, the governor has backed off his insistence on, you know, this new private school funding program. But for for your part of it, what do you say, Guy Shiraki, to an individual who says, well, these so-called vouchers, these are for 
wealthy, those wealthy parents or grandparents who can take the voucher, the caregivers, and it's really for the wealthy. <laughs> you say what? I, uh, I think it's upside down and backwards. Um, go back. At, remember, the, these vouchers, these scholarships are for children attending the worst schools and not the schools that you would pick as the worst, not the schools that Guy Shiraki would pick as the worst. These are the schools that the Pennsylvania Department of Education say are the bottom 15%. Where do we think those schools are? Those schools aren't in Malvern. Those schools aren't in Lower Marion. Those schools aren't in Doylestown. Those schools are in communities Mm -hmm. uh, where parents don't have the resources to leave. I mean, do we really think that a family with a six-figure or a seven-figure income would purposely live in a neighborhood and force their daughter to go to a school where literally no one does math at grade level? Of course not. They pick up and move or send their kid to a private school. Now, this by design is targeted solely at parents for the, the children whose schools do the worst. And as an extra belt and suspenders, they, they talked about adding language that's saying you had to be within uh, two times the poverty rate. So not only does common sense tell us that no one wealthy, no one even remotely wealthy, yeah. Not only does common sense tell us that, but they, they put in an extra provision for there. And, and look, um, take a walk around. Take a walk around Strawberry Mansion High yeah. School. Take a walk around, as Charles talked about, Lower uh, Little Flower High School in Hunting Park. Mm-hmm. What, what Charles, I would tell you this from having been to Little Flower myself. Mm-hmm. One of the things the principal said is they would welcome to double the population. But the other thing that that Christy said is that the shame of it is they go to so many community events in Hunting Park. They go to fairs and block parties and hand out flyers. The parents in that community that literally can see or walk to Little Flower are hesitant to even apply because they don't think it's in their grasp. They don't think it's in their grasp. And sometimes they will try and offer them aid and say, well, if you can contribute $300 a month. And she said, you can't say that to a family. You say to them, they don't have an extra $300 (laughs) a month. And so, no, it's, it's, it's insane. Look, it flies in the face of common sense. No wealthy family purposely sends their kid to a bad school or lives purposely in a bad neighborhood. But, but the legislature actually put in a provision limiting it to people uh, uh, in a poverty scale. Um, There's look. And as I said, the other thing is, they increase public education spending by the largest amount in the history of the Commonwealth. There, there is literally no reason not to do this. What's the look at this? What's the worst thing that happened? You offer this choice to parents and nobody takes it because they don't want it, or we offer it and parents take it up, and and kids get to go to a school where they're happier and their parents think they're safer. There's literally no downside to this whatsoever. It is purely about politics, about people like Randy Weingartner crowing. And as I said, Tara, I'll say say on your show, she's crowing about schools that she never visited in neighborhoods she earned a walkthrough. And she's telling parents... (laughs) Go ahead. No, she's telling parents that, you know, we're we're defending public education. I'm not... 
I'm in favor of public education. I think as a, as a public, as a community, we should support children getting access to good schools. But how dare you sit on vacation and tweet and say how wonderful this is? Really? Would she, would she send her 14-year-old daughter to Strawberry Mansion High School? Would she do that? No, she wouldn't. Has she walked through those type of neighborhoods where parents are looking for options and looking for hope, where crime is a real part of life? No. So the problem is, is the politicians and the power, you know, the, the teachers union are having this game and this power struggle while real parents, are, like, you know, Charles spoke about earlier, while real parents or real students are looking for real options. Listen, I thank you so much. We'll stay on it. I know the Republicans still have a little bit of leverage. They haven't lost all their leverage. So uh, we appreciate you for sure. Thank you so much, Guy. Guy Shiraki. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 